the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Even though we want to move forward in life, often we find ourselves coming up with all kinds of excuses that keep us stuck right where we are. And I'm sure that for many of you, even in January 2022, as you started a new year, many of you probably made some New Year's resolutions. My question is, how's that going? For many of us, we said, hey, I had some great intentions and a lot of good things I wanted to do with a brand new year. But you know what? I've come up with a lot of excuses. I thought I was going to go to the gym at least three times a week. But you know, I found great excuses not to go. I thought I was going to change my diet, but I've had some really good excuses why this hasn't happened. And you could go on and on for all the different excuses that actually get in the way of us going forward. Let's move right in to excuses that get in the way of you and I going forward. The first one tonight is this. I'm calling it the hurdle of feelings. If you've ever watched certain Olympic sports, you realize that uh, in track and field, there's something called hurdles, and hurdles are things you have to jump over. They're put on the track, and they're, 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 you have to leap over them to make it to the goal line. There's something in front of you that you have to navigate well. But when it comes to moving forward in life, there are some hurdles or a specific hurdle in your life, and it's the hurdle that I'm calling the hurdle of feelings, that you may have great intentions for your life. But when it comes time to actually move forward, here's the, the sneaky little thing that we often say, I don't feel like it. Have you ever said that before? Oh, I know what I really should do, but I, I just don't feel like it right now. And what I've learned in life, and I'm sure you've learned it as well, is that many of the good things in life, many of the things that are good for you in life are things that you don't naturally feel like doing. That's just the way life works. You don't normally feel like doing certain things. And so I want to ask you a question as we talk about this hurdle of feelings. Do do you really want a life knowing that most of the good things in life you're never going to feel like doing? Do you really want a life built on what you do or what you don't feel like doing? Do you really want that kind of life? And I would suggest that the answer to that question would be no, you really don't want a life like that. And here's the incredible little secret that when you start doing the right things, even when you don't feel like doing them, there's transformation that occurs in your life. It is the way to life change. I'm going to give you a little graph here that may help us to understand this process. When it comes to going forward in your life, I think all of us have the desire. I asked you the question a moment ago, would you like to go forward? And most of you raised your hand. I'm sure it was in the heart of everyone that said, yes, I have a desire to move forward in my life. And so here's the little trick. Here's the way that we tend to think. We tend to think that if we have the desire, then we're going to get to the desired place. 
If I just want it, then I'm going to get there. But the reality is between the desire, which is very positive in your life, and the destiny where you want to be in your life are something, some things that you have to navigate as a hurdle, specifically this hurdle. There has to be discipline applied to your desire. And what I've learned over time is that as you apply certain disciplines in your life over a period of time, a discipline becomes a habit and it begins to be something you actually delight in and that's it gets you where you really want to be in life. For example, if you want a closer relationship with God, you say, I desire a closer relationship with God. Well, it's not just going to happen. There's something that you're going to have to do. You have to get into your Bible. You have to be consistent in church. You have to learn how to pray and spend some time with God in prayer and fellowship. You have to learn these practices. They're called disciplines of the spiritual life. And so as you begin to engage these disciplines, what I've learned over time now that I've been doing this for a number of years is that I don't want to go a day without my Bible. I don't want to go a day without my prayer. Why? Because it's no longer really a discipline for me. It's now become a delight for me. I enjoy it. Why? Because I've learned the value of it and it's moving me and will move you to your desired destination in life. But here's the deal. Discipline is saying yes to the things that you know you need to say yes to and no to the things that you know that you need to say no to. And oftentimes that goes con contrary to your feelings. You will not feel like doing it. You will not feel like doing what is really the most valuable for you in your life. So can I encourage you? Let's not use the excuse of I don't feel like it when you know it's the right thing to do, driving you to a desired destiny in life and you want to move forward. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what I feel like doing. What matters is what is the right thing to do with my life. Here's the second one tonight. Here we go. The second one is the it's too hard obstacle. A moment ago, we talked about a hurdle. Well, we also have obstacles that get in the way. And I'm describing this one as the it's too hard obstacle. See, the it's too hard is a mindset. It's just too hard to go forward in life. It's the way people think. And the reason that we think certain things in life in terms of moving forward is too hard is because we generally are creatures of what? Comfort. We like comfort. We like pleasure. We, we like, here's another word that we might also put down there. We like ease. Many of you in your house have your easy chair, do you not? Okay. And that's the place you just chill out. It's the place of comfort for you. And so all of us have areas of life where what we're seeking is the status quo. What we're seeking is a place of comfort. And anything that challenges that is disturbing our comfort zone and disturbing our ease. Let me remind all of us tonight that you will never, none of us will ever Go forward in any realm of life until we're willing to say, you know what? I'm going to have to disturb some of my areas of comfort. I'm going to have to get uncomfortable sometimes. You know, if you're going to grow your marriage, you have to do things that are uncomfortable for you to do. 
If you're going to grow your relationship with God, you have to do some things that are uncomfortable for you to do. You have to break out of some ease. If you're going to move forward in your job, you have to learn how to do some things that you may not be comfortable doing. And so all of life forward motion, if indeed you're going to have that momentum, you have to overcome the obstacle of it's too hard. Let's look at a piece of scripture, a passage of scripture, I should should say here, that describes one gentleman and his mindset. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Let me bring it back to your attention again. It's a lengthy passage, but I think you'll benefit from it. I know you will as I read it here. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So here's the guy. He runs up, says, I need to know how to, how to live forever. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. And so he's trying to get the man to acknowledge Jesus was that he was God. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. So he was very comfortable in his religious state, was he not? Help me out, you're right. He's acknowledging, I've done all that. Check, check, check. I'm sitting in my spiritual easy chair. You haven't challenged me at this point in time because I'm doing all that stuff you talked about. You ask me about the commandments. Hey, I'm really good there. I've got my spiritual easy chair and I'm all right. Everything's good. But Jesus, if you want to move with him, never lets you stay in your easy chair. Notice what happens next. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you One thing you what? You lack. Remember us talking about that a few weeks ago? One thing you lack, he said. Now suddenly the easy chair becomes not so easy. Jesus said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now will that mess up your easy chair? Will that mess up your comfort zone? Oh my goodness, Jesus was messing with his comfort zone. And I promise you that if you're going to go forward in life, there are going to be times that Jesus will come along. He's going to challenge you in your comfort zone and say, I need to stretch you some more. I need to challenge you to take some steps in growth that you haven't taken before. You've been sitting back in that chair too long. You've been comfortable in this area of your life far too long. Let me shake you up a little bit. And the Bible says at this man, at this, at, at this, At these words of Jesus, the man's face fell. He went away sad because why? He had what? Great wealth. Now, I talked about this before. Was Jesus interested in his money? No. He had nothing to do with it. It Don't don't ever think that Jesus is against people having stuff. He's not against that. The problem, as we talked about before, was not the fact that this man had a lot of wealth. It was the fact that the wealth had hold of the man. It gripped him. It was the idol in his life. Let's continue on here because I want you to see something else that happened. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, read the rest with me, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, he wasn't picking on rich people here or wealthy folks. He was just acknowledging what had just happened and that interaction between this wealthy young man that had come to him. He was describing the fact that sometimes It's hard to enter into what? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule of God, letting God rule your life. That's what the kingdom means. It means a king sits over you and he rules your life. And it's hard many times for us to let go of our life and let Jesus rule our lives rather than we ruling our lives ourselves. Here's number three. 
Number three is the I'll do it later lie. What is it? I'll do it later. Have you ever said that before? Of course you have, okay? Some of you said it today. You know what we're really good at? We're really good. Am I spelling that correct now? I think it goes. I've got to remember my, my grammar rules here. We're really good at deceiving ourselves, aren't we? Anybody ever good at deceiving yourself? How many of you convinced yourself that you weighed something that you didn't really weigh? And somebody asked you, what do you weigh? You said, well, you told him, and if you're really truthful, you know it's a lie. We're very good at deceiving ourselves, aren't we? And one of the most common forms of deception you ready for it? Are you sure? That is one of the most fo- common forms of deception. Because what you tell yourself is when you know that there's something that you know that you need to be doing, what you say to yourself with all good intentions is, I'll do it later, okay? And of course, procrastination is putting off until tomorrow what you need to be doing today. And it's the idea, one day I'm going to get around to it. One day I'll get to it. Can't get to it right now, but one day I will get around to it. And this is so true when it comes to taking steps forward. God comes along and he shakes you up and he says, I I want you to move forward in your spiritual journey. I want you to take that class. I want you to get baptized. I want you to start tithing. I want you to forgive that person that you haven't been willing to forgive. I want you to show some love to someone that you haven't been willing to show love to. And he comes and he shakes you up and he challenges you to take that step. And the response is, I'll get around to it. One day I'll get around. One day I'll do this. And what I've learned about God is that God, and what I'm, I'm learning I probably should say about God, is that God is the God of the now. When God is challenging you, the best time for you and I to respond is not, I'll get around to it or I'll do it later. But the best time to respond is right now. That's why we've challenged you during these couple of months together. Whatever it is, what kind of step, whatever step you need to take in your life, do it now. Because regrets, listen closely, I'm going to give you a very important statement. Regrets are the bitter root, bitter fruit of procrastination. Do you hear what I said? Regrets are the bitter fruit that you will eat from procrastination. When you look back over your life later and you have regrets, oftentimes those regrets are based upon things that you put off until later that you never got around to. At the end of your life, you're going to celebrate the positive actions that you've taken in your life, but you're going to painfully grieve the ones you never got around to. I never got around to forgiving that person. 
Never got around to showing love to that person. Never got around to serving God. Never got around to doing those things that he challenged me to do. Solomon, one of the wisest people who ever lived, wisest men who ever lived on the planet, King Solomon, listen to what he said. I'll read it in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never what? If they watch every cloud where they never do, never harvest. Oh, I'll wait till the perfect time to start. You know, I, I need the right timing to love that person. I need the right timing to forgive that person. I'll wait till the timing's right. Well, you know when the timing is right? The timing is right now. So what are we to do? Ecclesiastes eleven six. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, maybe both. He says, just keep on planting your seed. Get up in the morning and do what you need to do and keep busy doing that all afternoon. Keep planting the seeds of good activity with your life. Why? Because you don't know which of those seeds will come back and bring the harvest to you in return. Here's our fourth thing tonight. Fourth excuse. The, I don't think it was meant for me mindset. The I don't think it was meant for me mindset. This is similar to what we talked about last weekend and the disqualifying aspect of things that we tend to disqualify. But I want to look at this again from a little different, uh, different uh, angle, if you will. Uh, I'm going to give you a kind of a bigger word. Many of you will recognize this word if you've studied social sciences and so forth. But it's the word determinism. Anybody ever heard that word before? Determinism. Determinism means that certain things in life are basically fixed. That something out there or somewhere in life has already kind of determined you don't have it's the it's the robbing of free will. I don't have the choice. I, my life is kind of driven along and moved along by, by things around me or by some aspect of the world around me. And so I can't, I'm not really in control of my life. I, I, I don't think this forward thing was really meant for me. It doesn't seem to work in my, my life system. And sometimes we blame it on God. Sometimes we say, you know what, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that God is going to work on my behalf. I'm not sure that I, I'm the person that God is choosing to move forward with life, and we blame it on Him. And sometimes you blame it on your genetic background. Well, you don't know what family I came from. I came from a pretty bad family, or maybe I've had some bad experiences in life, or you just don't know my personality. You just, I, my personality, I'm not, I'm not a very motivated person. By the way, I'm a big fan at times of doing personality inventories. If you haven't taken a personality test, I would highly recommend that you take a personality test to learn something about yourself. But I want to say something to you that's very important because personality ideas and concepts of tests and so forth are fairly popular in, in today's world. But here's the problem when you take a personality test. If you're not careful, you can let that personality prescribe you instead of describe you. 
personality tests are great. I've taken a number of them and found out how crazy I really am, okay? And so you, you can need to do the same because we're all kind of a little weird, a little crazy. We have our own idiosyncrasies. We have our own personalities. But a personality test is never meant to prescribe how you're going to live. Some people say, well, I took the test. That's just the way I am. Accept me. I promise you, when you get to heaven and stand before God, God's not going to say, what is your Myers-Briggs type? He's not going to take that. He's not going to ask you what your Enneagram is, okay? He's going to ask you, how much do you look like Jesus, okay? Now, that flows out of our personality. We learn things about how all of us are unique and all of us are different. But if we're not careful, we can get into this idea that we're just kind of stuck in life with... Maybe God stuck us in life, or our, our genetics have stuck us in life, or maybe circumstances have stuck us. I'll come to that one again in a moment. Our personality has kind of stuck us in life. And then maybe forward, this forward idea is really not meant for me, and I'm kind of fixed with where I am in life. Don't expect me to go much further than I really am. And I will tell you some words that are often used in the vocabulary of a fixed-minded person. I can't do it. I can't move forward. I won't move forward. I give up. Those are all words that you find in the vocabulary of someone who's living with this kind of a mindset in their life. But I want to remind you that God is not the God of the can't. God is the God of the can. Philippians 4.13, Amplified Version, you know it, many of you know it well, perhaps you don't know it from this translation, but it's very powerful. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for, so I can, I am Ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Can I encourage you to be done with the I don't think it was meant for me mindset? Can you handle one more tonight? Okay, let's take the last one. The you don't know my situation appeal. Oh, I would move forward, but, but you don't know my situation. The word appeal is another word for, if you know the legal language, it's for a plea. You make the plea, you make the case that you don't know my, my situation. Some people really excuse their unwillingness to move forward in life by appealing to their unique set of circumstances. My situation is different. My situation is unique. My situation is too hard. My situation is too impossible. I would move forward, but there's the excuse, but you just don't understand my situation. God, you're asking me to move forward, but, but you don't understand my situation. Jesus, you're asking me to go sell everything and give to the poor, but, but don't you know, Jesus, that I'm really wealthy? That's not going to be really easy for me to do as we go back to that passage a few moments ago. But I want to remind you and wrap up this message tonight with something I think it's going to be extremely powerful for you to understand. I'm going to acknowledge that every person in here, you right now, have your own, your own unique set of circumstances and challenges that could keep you move, move, from moving forward in your life. Everybody does. 
Let me just make sure we understand this. Does anyone have any big problems in your life right now? Raise your hand. You got a few big problems? About half of you do? You need to share that other half with the other people that don't have any before you leave tonight so they'll have something to work on, okay? You got some issues in your life that if you wanted to, you could say, this could keep me from moving forward right now. It's a big issue in my life and it's unique to me and I'm not sure if I can really move forward. God's asking me to start tithing and giving to him, but you don't know the financial situation I'm in or or God's asking me to start loving my wife or loving my husband, but you don't know the history that we have. And we could go on and on with all the unique situations that exist among all of us because we're all unique. We all have our unique set of circumstances, but here's what I want you to understand tonight. Jesus holds the key to every circumstance and every situation that anyone faces in their life. Jesus has the key. He has the key. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.